0: Yes. You're going to have to be careful. I feel alive today. <laughs> yeah. Man. Pfizer drug really helped me out. For those of you who don't know, they make cow drugs. Just kidding. I don't want to get started, y'all are going to tell everybody I'm using drugs. That's not true. <clears throat> we are sure glad that everyone's here this morning and uh I want to give you guys just a little bit of an update on some things that are going on. I don't know what Garnet told you. I know he danced, which that's just... Is he a good dancer? Oh, that's going to crush him. That's going to crush him. Anyway, um, we've got tons of stuff going on here. By the way, we have got the most awesome church in Texas. Did you all know that? Yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yes. Um... We have our arena uh, building team. They are, um, they've been working really hard, and we've got things moving that way really quick. Uh, they're, um, in fact, they've got a meeting today on our covered arena as we're, as we're moving that direction. Looking forward to having a covered pen here one of these days. And, um, and so they're working hard on that. That facility up there, they're still in the process of that, getting that done for our youth and uh, college ministry. That's going to be taken off. We're ready for it, too, any time. But anyway, we've got to wait. Starting um, April 1st, which is Easter Sunday, we're going to be going to two services here at Texoma Cowboy Church, and and what we're going to be doing, of course, is going to be church in the dirt. Is going to be our early service, and it'll be that way every single week. We'll have church in the dirt, so um, our our early service on Easter will start at eight o'clock. But we're going to eat in between, and so on and so forth. Following that Sunday, though, um, we're going to be meeting at nine o'clock in the arena. And we're going to be having church in the dirt there prior to this service. But let me tell you what else we're going to be doing. Um, we're going to be doing 12 weeks now of, of, of an early service at 9, this service at 10, and an arena an arena event will be going on simultaneously while this church is happening. So uh, for, for 12 weeks, we're going to have, of course, the Wild West Fest is going to be March 25th. That's going to be a big deal for our kids and and Kids at Heart, and uh, that can be any of you, I hope, right? Um, and then following that, April, the four, first four events we have are going to be a sorting, team roping, an AFCC qualifying ranch rodeo, and then we're going to have a youth buckout, which will be the 29th. Now, the youth buckout is going to be really interesting because we're going to have mini broncs, we're going to have everything for our youth, and so um, it will be a blast to go watch that and be a part of that, and then we're going to have the month of... Uh, May, we're going to have a team roping barrel race, sorting and barrel race again. And then June, we're going to have the bronc ride, which is going to be ranch bronc. It's going to be like, like the real ranch bronc riding, where guys can come and we're going to have ranch broncs for them to ride. And uh, it's all it's going to be is ranch bronc riding. Ain't going to be anything else, just ranch bronc riding, sorting, barrel racing, and then team roping the last one. So you say, John, why are we doing this? Because we, we, are, we are going to incorporate everything that we have here and all the people we have here to do it all in one day. And so um, at eight o- or 9 o'clock in the morning, we'll have an early service. For everyone who wants to come to the early service, be church in the dirt. Um, it's, you can bring your horse. You can sit on a lawn chair, uh, bleachers, whatever you want to do. We're going to have church in the dirt. Following that, though, we're going to be having our event. That event's going to be going on while we're in here, and there's a reason for that. If you want to go to the event and be a part of working in the event, go to the, go to the early service. And then once that's over with, you can go to the event. Now listen, while we're in here, they're going to be having an event out here in the dirt. Now how cool is that? What we're doing is we're trying to do everything that God's called us to do here. We are are developing disciples, whether it's your children, whether it's going to be your youth, whether it's college, whether it's some of us who are aging, right? Yeah, Um, That's going to be happening. But not only that, we're called to do evangelism. And that's to reach a culture of people. So... All these different events out in this arena are geared toward bringing people from outside of our church to come here to be in an event. And then when church is over, listen to this, the concessions already going to be open. You don't have to go down to the, uh, to the uh, what is it? Uh, okay, you all eat different places. You're not going to have to go downtown to eat. You go right over here get you a good old hamburger and one of those healthy hot dogs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's it. And then, listen, now the church body, this is what's so cool. We are going to minister to all those people who have come for that event. You're going to get to see why Cowboy Church is being used by God for reaching lost people. It's powerful. And everybody gets to be involved. How cool is that? Yeah. So anyway, so... Starting Easter Sunday, we will do an early service. The reason it's 8 o'clock on Easter is because we've got to eat afterwards. We're going to have a big old chuck wagon. we're going to do other things. We're going to eat during the two services, so you guys come be a part of that. And uh, anyway, those are just some of the things that are going on. And uh, you miss a week, you're going to miss a lot, right? But anyway, well, this morning we're going to get back to our, our ride through Romans. So if you're here for the first time, by the way, we are glad you're here. And I hope that you feel welcome here. And feel like uh, you've experienced not only God's people being what God's called us to be, but also that you've experienced God most importantly. And that's what we're hoping. So I don't know what you have going on in your life today, but God does. And you're here, and God will meet you right where you are. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're riding through Romans, and it's been a, a fun ride. I hope that you're enjoying it. And we're going slow as we look for some of these truths that Paul the Apostle has been teaching us. The doctrine of salvation... By grace alone, through faith alone. And Paul's entire foundation for his gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is based on grace and faith. Not by our works. Aren't you glad for that? Amen? Amen? That is some good stuff. Well, today as we join um, back up where we left off last week, we are actually going to be in Romans chapter 6. And so if you have your Bibles, you should know exactly where we're going to be this morning. And we're going to get through the first word today. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. We're actually going to make it quite a bit longer. But let's let's open up in prayer and then let's get started today. Our gracious heavenly Father, we are excited, Lord, to be here. I thank you for your people, the church, the body of Christ. Lord, thank you that you have uh, given us this amazing salvation. And uh, Lord, I'm so grateful today that God, you chose, Lord, to do what you did in order that we might be reconciled to you. That God, uh, though we were the old man, Father, that God, we were alienated from you. We were enemies of you, God, Father, because of the last Adam, Lord, that Jesus Christ came, Lord. We, we are the new man now. Thank you, God, for what it means to be in Christ. What does that mean and what that looks like, God, is absolutely incredible. And so, God, today we have rejoicing in our hearts Uh, Lord, we are thankful today, we are so grateful, and our prayer is, Lord, as it is every single week, that, Lord, you've brought people here, and we don't know exactly where they are, but you do, so, Lord, I pray that you would meet them where they are, that they would hear you speak to their hearts, that they would know who you are, they would come to know this salvation if they do not already know it. But more importantly, even, Lord, for us in Christ, I pray that we would have a new, fresh understanding of what it means to be saved by the grace of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what this amazing salvation has provided for us in you, Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so... You remember now, Paul is writing to the church at Rome, right? He's never been there, never met him, but he's writing now to the church at Rome to help them understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, many of you have actually responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ because you've heard the gospel, and then what happened is you gave your life to Jesus. You trusted in Christ, and you became a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you were justified at the moment of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what happened to you. But... From the point of justification, which is when we basically have been acquitted of all the charges that are against us. By the way, all have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. Whether you're a Jew or Gentile, Paul says, every one of you are guilty before God because you are in Adam. You, you, you're in Adam. And because of Adam's sin, guess what? We all sinned. And we are born with a sin nature. That's what we're born in. That's what we're born with because of the fall of man. Adam being the what? The, the father of the human race. That was basically imputed on every single human being who will live, that we are in Adam, and so we all fell. But, praise be to God, that God's sovereign plan, as Adam being only a type of the coming Christ, Jesus, the last Adam, came, and he now reversed everything that happened in the fall of mankind. This is the glory of the gospel, man. This is the good news of the gospel, It's absolutely incredible, and it is amazing. So you might have come to the knowledge of who Christ is, but maybe you really don't quite understand the magnitude of this gospel and now the sanctification process of living out who you are in Christ Jesus. Now, there is a saying goes, um, I'm not what I'm going to be, but thank God I'm not who I used to be, right? Right? And today we're going to look at now the parallels of the two men, the two men, the old man and the new man, right? Now if you are in the new man, if you are in Christ, the new birth, sometimes you're going to say, well John, that old man don't seem to be very far away, am I right? Sometimes that's true because we live in a fleshly body, we do. But Paul has some incredible things that he is sharing about the gospel to those in Rome and to us. He's trying to help them understand who they are in Christ. What does it mean to be a new creation in Jesus? What does that mean? It is incredible what God did for all men. Isn't it amazing what God did out of his love If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, you've never experienced his forgiveness, you've never experienced his righteousness imputed to you, remember, we had imputed sinful nature from Adam, but in Christ, what's the Bible say? We have been given his imputed, his righteousness. So his righteousness was given to us, and he took our sin, our filth, our shame, our penalty, he took it all, and he bore it, and he gave us his righteousness. So this is not about how righteous you are, because you ain't. That's not even good English. You're not. It is about his righteousness that you now have because of what he did for you. That's the glory of the gospel. But Paul now is going to try to lay some groundwork here, because there has been an abuse now to this amazing gift of grace. How many of you know grace can be abused? Right? Right? Have your kids ever abused grace? I don't know if mine are in here or not. I can't see them. Um, yeah, they do. They abuse grace. How about you husbands? You ever abused your wife's grace? No, we don't do that. Uh, moving on. <laughs> That's right. We do. Not only that, we can, we can abuse the, the grace of God. And, and there are those that have taught As Paul has shared about this amazing grace, because for the Jew, it's all about the law. It's about keeping the law. And Paul says, listen, you don't have salvation through the law at all. It never saved anyone. In fact, it showed you how sinful you were. And the Gentiles, they weren't even a part of it at all because they weren't given the law. They weren't given the prophets. They weren't given anything. They were outside of God. And what did God do? God came in the form of the Son, Jesus Christ, the incarnate God, took upon flesh, dwelt among man, and he gave his life to bring all men now to a reconciled relationship with God. It's beautiful, man. The gospel is amazing. And so now we're going to read here real quickly, right here in chapter 6. Now I want you to hear the words that Paul the Apostle is saying here. Um, And let's just start here. I'm going to read in the NLT version. That's the New Living Translation. So if you don't have that, it's going to be almost the same, just a few different words. This is more cowboy language, if you will, plain to the point, right? Now Paul starts here. Well then... Should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Now, why would Paul start with that? Because he had just mentioned in verse 20 that the law was added so that trespass might increase. But where sin increased because of the law, which we knew God's standard, I wouldn't have known, Paul says, what it was to even covet if it wasn't for the law that God says, Thou shalt not covet. But Paul says, when I saw and understood the law of God, oh man, it brought death to me because now I understood that I was a coveter. That's what he said. So sin increased because of the law, but guess what he says from there. But where sin increased, listen to this, grace increased all the more. See, this is the thing about God's grace. This is amazing to me. No one has sinned so much that God's grace cannot cover their sin impossible. Because where sin increased, God's grace increased even more than the sin of man. That's the amazing thing about God's grace. And then he says this, so that just as sin reigned, now you know what it means to reign. It means to, to, for something to have complete control, complete authority. In the old man, sin Reigned. It rained in our life. That's what it did. But Paul says, but listen now. He just started talking. He finished talking about Adam and Christ here. He gave us two parallels. And he says, although sin reigned in you at one time, that's what happened. And for some of you here, sin may be reigning in your life today. But it doesn't have to stay that way. Praise God. Listen to this. It, it reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So there were those, and you'll hear this from time to time, when we talk about eternal salvation or the security of a believer, I hear this as an objection from many people. So John, you're one of those people that preaches that when you're saved, it matters not what you do, that you could do anything you want to do and you're still saved. You're proponing, you're you're a proponent of this. Salvation is an eternal thing. It never ends. Yes, I am. And then you're saying that anybody, if you wanted to, you'd go out and you could live the most sinful lifestyle because God's grace increases more and more the more you sin. At that point, I just have one of those things above my head that they can't read. You know those words? That's not what this means. And by the way, I have never heard that preached by those who believe in eternal security. Never. Because when we understand the grace of God and when we understand salvation and when we now die to the old man and now we have a new birth in Christ Jesus, listen to me. That would be impossible for me as a new creation to go want to do that. Why? Because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am not going to go do that. Why? Because that's not who I am anymore. So when people say that, they're like, oh, you're one of those people that say, oh, you just sin all you want to. God's grace covers it. That's not even true. By the way, God's grace is greater than all sin. Thank God for that. But that's not what Paul is talking about. He's making sure that those in Rome understand this. See, because if we're not careful, the grace of God in salvation becomes what? Works of man. And it's about a line about this wide. The truth is the grace of God is absolutely incredible. But men, many of them want to say that the grace of God, yes, saves you, but the works of man keep you saved. It's not true. We are saved not by works, but we're saved unto works. What does that mean? When I become a new creation in Christ Jesus, I'm naturally going to be doing things that I didn't do before because I am a new man. I am in Christ. I have the Spirit of God in me. And now my thinking changes, my mind begins to change, my desires change, my want to changes, my direction changes those things begin to happen. Now my process of sanctification begins to happen. What? Well, the things that I used to do, guess what? They begin to change in my life. And now from justification, the Lord begins to develop in me more Christ-likeness. That's the hope of what sanctification does. It's a process. And thank God for that process. Amen? So Paul's going to make it clear that, well, what should we say? Shall we go on sinning that grace That grace may abound even more. And Paul says, listen, no way. No way. He says, since we have died to sin. Listen to these words. Listen to what he says. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? See, there is a difference between when we sin as the new man and when we used to live in sin as the old man. It's what you were. It's, it's what you naturally did. But as the new man, although you may sin against God, it is not your desire to sin. It is something that we do in the flesh. And yes, we give ourselves way to Satan and all those things and temptation. And Sometimes we, we sin, but I don't live in sin. Do you see the difference? Huge difference. Absolutely huge difference and then he says this or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism we joined him in his death now I want you to think about the picture of baptism (laughs) baptism is literally a picture of a funeral and a resurrection that's what baptism is See because when we were joined with Christ in baptism in death. Listen, when you go under the water, listen, there you can't breathe. I don't want you to try it. It ain't going to be pretty. When you go under the water, it is if you're going under and you're dying. In other words, this man, the old man that I was an Adam, it is a picture of what happened to me when Christ died on the cross. And there is a parallel here that is so incredible, I still don't even understand or grasp it. He says, when you were buried with Christ in baptism, when we go under the water, it's a picture of what happened to us when Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary. He says, your old man, the man, the sin man, the first Adam that brought all this stuff, it died with christ jesus on the cross of calvary and when god the man of god god in flesh when he said it is finished he died for all sin you see what i'm saying he literally died he was laid in the tomb but he didn't stay dead why because of the power of the spirit of god He overcame all of that, and he raised to life from the grave. And that's what happens when you have a new birth. The tomb became the womb. Do you hear what I'm saying? That in the tomb it was death, but because of the power of the Holy Spirit, it became the womb that brought life forth when Jesus Christ became alive and resurrected from the dead. And when you and I, in our symbolism of salvation, being joined with Christ on the cross of Calvary, literally we died, that old man died, because Christ died for all sin. He died, and I come up out of the water. It is a picture of the new creation and the new life that we have in the resurrected Savior through the Holy Spirit that indwells every single believer. It's amazing. A lot of Christian people don't realize that the old man died when Jesus Christ died on the cross. He died for all sin. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. I like to use that word incredible because I don't know what other words you use to describe this. It's incredible that God did this. It says we were also joined him in death. We joined him in death. He was in the tomb. I've been to the very place, and some of you have in Israel, where the skull is there. You can see it in the cutout of the rock. It looks like a skull, literally. When you look at it, you can see the face of the skull. And we know that Christ was buried, he was crucified, near this skull. And they say it was down below it, where the road would go in there, goes into Jerusalem, when people would come in and out of the city of Jerusalem there. And it's not far from the old city of Jerusalem, where the wall goes around. And there's the garden, right near the place of the skull, it's there. And then there's the tomb, it's there. We don't know if that's the exact tomb or not, but the tomb is there. And you literally can walk in to the tomb where they say Jesus Christ himself was laid for three days. And then on that third day, as he promised, he said, you destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up again. He raised from the dead and the rock was rolled away. And the king of glory, the savior of the world, the resurrected savior who came at just the right time and accomplished salvation for all mankind. You were on his mind when he gave his life on that cross. And when God says it pleased him to crush his son, what did he do? He was looking for the sacrifice that would appease the justice of God. And Jesus Christ, the sinless Son of God, was the only one who could give pure, godly life and blood. And he died in your place and in my place in order that I could be reconciled to God because I was in Adam, now I am in Christ Jesus, a new man and a new woman. Do you hear me? It's amazing. Paul's going to say this in chapter 7 about sin. He says, oh, I do sin, but it's not me that does the sinning. That's a profound statement. See, because Paul says, I'm the new man, but I have a flesh. We do have a fleshly body. One day that'll be laid aside. Amen? Now, moving along here. We're not going to get very far today. Man, my eyesight. Your eyesight goes at 30. I'm 31. I'm going to need a clock right here. I can see what time Man, lying's a sin. Oh, <laughs> How do you know I'm not 31? (laughs) You're judging me. I've just lived a hard life. That's why I look like this. All right? It's not the years, it's the miles. And this truck is getting wore out. Okay, moving along. Now listen to this. In verse 5, he says, Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. What an incredible hope we have. Not only are we raised to walk in new life now, but one day we will be raised like he was. Our old body will be. Now we know that our sinful selves were crucified with Christ, Paul says. Did you hear that? He says, We know that our old self, the old man, was crucified when? With Christ. That's incredible. That's incredible. So that sin may lose its power in our lives. Did you know that when you are the new man in Christ Jesus, sin has no power over you any longer? Isn't that awesome? Ooh, that's good stuff. We are no longer slaves to sin, he says. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, Paul says, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead. He will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves, Paul says, listen to this, to be dead to the power of sin And alive to God through Christ Jesus. Now he's going to get into an application part here. Do not let sin control the way that you live. Do not give in to the sinful desires. Those things are going to happen, by the way. Just because you become a new creation in Christ Jesus does not mean you're not going to be tempted by sin. That ain't happening. It's going to happen to you probably all the more. That's what's going to happen. We know that our old sinful selves... We're crucified, excuse me, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin, he says, talking to those in Rome and us. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. Aren't you grateful for that? For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Paul reiterates this again. Of course not. Don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? You can be a, sl- you can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. He says, thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery and sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. That is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. I believe that the real real crux or the real main headline verse here that Paul is sharing through this passage in chapter 6 is this one, and it's found in the 17th and 18th verse. Paul says, thank God, once you were slaves to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. We know in 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 45, Paul here is talking about the old Adam and the... The last Adam. And I'm going to just briefly go here for a little little ways. And I want to help us really get this and understand it. Because I think Paul, this was so important that those in Rome get this and got this. And it's so important today we understand this. It says this, the first Adam became a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. And let me say something about this. This flesh right here, guess where it goes when I die? It goes back to where it came from. Dust to dust, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That's where it goes. See, because this is the flesh. When it dies, it goes back in to the dirt, and it goes back to decay, and it just what it does. But Jesus, the the last Adam, listen, the life-giving spirit, if you will, This, though, goes on and lives and lives forever. It says, The second man is in heaven, and he is spiritual, by the way. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth, and as was the heavenly man, so also those who are in heaven. And just as we were born in the image of earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. See, when we come to Christ in faith in Christ, we do become a new creation. And Jesus Christ fills us with his spirit. And our spirit goes on and lives forever. My, my flesh, though, it will go back to the earth. And it will decay. And it will go back to the dirt. From where it came from. Now, the first Adam. We're going to race through here quick. The first Adam. It says in Romans five twelve, When Adam, the father of the human race. Now, get this now. Don't miss this. When he sinned. Sin entered the world. Sin brought death. Death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Everyone sinned. He goes on and tells us in chapter 5, verse 15, and I'm just going to go down through you and just kind of go over what we went over last week. The sin of one man brought death to all people. We know that's the fact. It's true. It happens. Adam's sin leads to condemnation. We know there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? None whatsoever. We also know that Paul told us that for the sin of this one man caused death to reign. That it literally reigns. That's what it does. And we know it reigns today. It's because of one sin that death and condemnation comes to men and sin reigned. Right? Now we're going to see what happened when the second Adam came. The last Adam who was Jesus Christ. Adam's sin brought mankind sin and all men became sinners. Sin ruled over all people and brought them death. But in Christ Jesus, God's grace, now listen to this word, the word grace, you're going to hear it over and over and over again. God's grace and gift came by the grace of Jesus Christ, and it brought justification, not condemnation. Justification means you've been acquitted of all sin, of all charges. You stand before God just, right, and holy before God. That's what you do. You stand justified before God. That is amazing. That's what Christ did. Where sin reigned, now in Christ, grace and righteousness reign. You see the difference? They rule. One act of righteousness was justification that brings life to all men. Where death reigned in Adam, life reigns in Christ. Do you see the difference? Life reigns in Christ Jesus. Are you alive in Christ today? I mean, are you alive in Christ Jesus? Because in the old man, the old Adam, it was death reigned. And sin always leads to death. But in Christ, righteousness always leads to life. Always does. And then this one here. Sin increased and grace increased all the more. Sin reigned in death, but now grace reigns through righteousness, bringing eternal life through Jesus Christ. Grace reigns. Now, if if you're going to ride your horse this week, I really hope that you're, if you're riding split reins, for example, I want you to get this. When you pick them reins up, and you're holding them in your hands. If you think about this, the left reign is Adam, and it's death. The right reign is the new man, the last Adam, in Christ Jesus, and it's life. And that's who we are in Christ Jesus. It's exactly what we are. This word grace, and I'm going to have to wrap us up here. This word grace, guys, is so incredible. It is so incredible. It's used 128 times in the New Testament. And Paul uses this 94 of the 128 times that it's used. Paul uses this word grace. He uses it 27 times in Romans alone. This is what grace is. And it reigns in our life. Listen to this. It is the unmerited favor of God. Unmerited. That means it's unearned. It's undeserved. Have you experienced the grace of God in your life? You have. It's the kindness of God. It's a picture of God freely extending himself to man. Think about this. See, every other religion in the world is man getting their way to God. Do you know what I'm saying? You do one, two, three, A, B, C, climb these steps on your knees. You can go to places around the world where man is doing all it can do to get to God. That is not how we get to God. (laughs) Because in Christianity... In the gospel, it is God extending himself to man. Is that not amazing? That is amazing. And this is what it is. It is as if, if God is himself reaching to people because he is disposed or he is, he is given to do this to bless them. Now, I want you to understand this grace so you grasp this. Your salvation today... You even coming to a knowledge of who Christ is, is all God's grace. It's all God's grace. Some of you may not believe that. Some of you maybe were taught the way that I was taught growing up, that salvation, although it's a gift from God and we know the scriptures, it's still about what I do in order that God would somehow accept me because I'm living right before him. So it became a work thing for me. And it was misery, guys. Do you know why it was so miserable for me? Because I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, man. I failed all the stinking time. I tried well, God, will you love me if I... It was about being better. It was about turning over a new leaf or, or not. It was, it was all about everything but the grace of God. It was all about man's merit and his working to God. And that is not the gospel. The gospel is about God's grace. And his grace abounds in your life and in my life. And I need his grace every day of my life. I need it so bad. And he gives it to me every day. Every day, His mercy and His grace is fresh and new in my life. Every day. Because salvation is not a concoction of my own will and my own desire. It is completely a gift of the merit of the grace and the love and the kindness of God toward you. See, I don't know, John, I don't know if I can believe that or not. Well, it's true, Romans 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. Listen to me. We are standing in the grace of God. The grace. If you're in Christ today, listen to me. You're in Christ because you're standing in His grace. You say, Well, John, well, what about my faith? There's those that will preach and teach. Well, yeah, but faith is a work of man. Let me tell you something. <laughs> you don't even have faith to believe in God unless he gives you the grace to believe it. Where do you think faith comes from? From God. So if you're here in Christ today, listen to me. It is all his grace. His, 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 uh, his justification is the grace of God. Your understanding that He is God is the grace of God. You're able, in your ability, for Him to give you His righteousness, not your own merit and your own goodness. His righteousness to you is the grace of God. His redeeming you on the cross and pouring out His lifeblood is the grace of God. Your ability to overcome anything in this life and to maintain your walk with Jesus Christ is nothing more than the grace of God. It's all it is. It's it. It's God's grace. Aren't you thankful for God's grace? Mercy, I'm so thankful for His grace. I need it every day of my life. Formerly the Jews and Gentiles were dead in their sin, but now they are dead to sin. We're going to need to pick this up next week. The grace of God, guys. It's incredible. (laughs) There's some of you here today that you just struggle with the grace of God. That's okay. Struggle with the grace of God. His grace is greater. People say, well, can people resist the grace of God? We can resist the grace of God, but let me tell you this. In the end, God's grace is stronger than man's resistance. It's stronger than your resistance. Some of you here are saying, man, I want Jesus in my life, but you're just not there yet. Listen god's grace is going to be stronger than your resistance you will not be able to in the end for all things are possible through christ how did i come to know jesus christ it wasn't because i woke up one day and said you know what i think i need to turn over a new leaf and jesus needs to be my lord that's not what happened the grace of god began to work in my life and by the grace of god i am what i am today only by the grace of God. I'm reading one more verse to you and then we are going to go because it's, it's past our time this morning. I want to read this to you out of Ephesians chapter 2 just, just quickly. I know we got to go, but listen. I want you to hear this. We're going to get to this next week. I don't want to get too far ahead, but I want to read this to you. In Ephesians 2, 4, just follow along here. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace, it is by grace that you have been saved. Listen to this. And God raised us, this is the most incredible part of this verse. Listen to this. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That is incredible, with a capital I. Now listen to this. This is is amazing. In order that in the coming ages for all eternity. Listen to this. Grace is never going to end. Do you hear me? Listen to this. God may show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in kindness to us in Christ Jesus. This is incredible. Listen to this. That in all eternity, the grace of God never ends. And you know what's so incredible? When we stand in the presence of God and we're in heaven and we are here on earth ruling and reigning with Christ, the grace of God is so incredible because it's going to show all of us the incomparable greatness of his love and his mercy that you and I did nothing for my salvation and yet I get this because God's grace gave it to me. You're not going to walk around heaven with a prideful, arrogant heart saying, Dude, I got this buckle because I won it. No. That's what cowboys do. We tuck in the shirt. We want you to know, boy, we won this buckle. You know what I'm saying? Listen, in heaven, the Bible says you're going to take off your crown. Oh, listen to this. Because you don't deserve it. Do you hear me? You're going to take that crown off and you're going to look at it and say, good night. I don't deserve one of these things. And you're going to toss them at the throne of God. You know why? Because you're going to hit your knee before God. And you're going to say, thank you, Jesus. For the grace of God. Do you hear me? That's why. <laughs> Man. God's grace is amazing. No. It's incredible. If you were here this morning. And you have never trusted Jesus. And he's calling you now. Listen. It's the grace of God. If he's calling your name now, don't wait. Respond. He already died, the old man. Be resurrected in the new life in Christ Jesus. Say yes to Jesus. Oh, you will, why? Because you can't resist the grace of God. I know we're in a hurry to get to Shoney's and have ourselves a, heartburn and a little indigestion. But listen to me. When you rush out of here, you're missing the whole point of why we're even here. You can get your burrito in a little bit. Listen, don't miss this. And I know we're past 10 minutes. I'm so glad there'll be no clock in heaven. Boom, boy, howdy. Listen. If today's the day that Jesus is calling your name because he knows you, He knew you before he formed you in the womb of your mother. The Bible says, if he's calling your name today, you know he is. (laughs) Because you can't deny the voice of God as he speaks to your heart now. You say, John, what are you talking to me for? I'm not talking to you. God is. Don't leave here without receiving the grace of God. I'm going to close in prayer. Say, John, how do I do this? Man, this is weird. No, it's not weird. It's easy. It's easy. God, I surrender my life to you. I receive your grace right now. I, I, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died for me. And I receive that forgiveness. I receive justification at the moment I believe I stand right before you, God. I receive the imputed righteousness of Christ on my life. The old man was buried with Christ. And I've been raised to walk in brand newness because of the Spirit of God who will come and dwell in you and live in you, and you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Right now, in this quiet, in this moment, if you'll do that, if Jesus is calling your name, listen. Because no one can come to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. That's the grace of God. Let's pray. Oh, God, we are overwhelmed with your incredible grace, God. right in this moment I know God that you're speaking to hearts right now God you are pouring your grace into their own life right now Lord as they now surrender their life to you Father I, I know you'll save them today you're going to make them a reconciled child of the living God who was once an enemy, and an alien, now adopted into the family of God. Right now, by faith, Lord, believing in the Son, you're saving them right now, Lord. Thank you, God, for this. For the rest of us, God, that we forget the grace of God. Oh, Lord, help us understand it in a fresh new way. We love you. We praise you, Jesus. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Awesome, you guys. God is good. Amen. If you need to talk about anything, we'll be up here to visit with you. God bless you all. Have a super day.